0: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
3: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History class.
0: the pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
3: Well, the college football bowl season is officially underway, and there were even two NFL Saturday games played today, so you know it's that time of year. So for many teams, as Andy Dufresne might say, it's time to get busy living or get busy dying. How about those Browns? <laughs> They're actually still... A- Break up the Browns. They're actually still alive mathematically for a playoff spot. And I don't want to hear any wisecracks. I know a million things would have to happen. But we're a week from Christmas, and the Browns are still alive. But it's just, it's one of those years, okay? It's week 15, and there are actually technically 25 teams that are still mathematically alive for the playoffs. That's the most since 2004. All right. We're just an encyclopedia of useless information here at Straight Out of Vegas. And on that note, welcome back to another edition of Straight Out of Vegas. RJ Bell is out and about. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Now, this is the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. As you know, Straight Out of Vegas airs Monday through Friday right here on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio from 3 to 6 Pacific and 6 to 7 Eastern with RJ Bell, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, and Jonas Knox. And each day they take you behind the scenes. They offer up solid commentary and all kinds of insights on the world of sports betting. That way you can benefit from their years of expertise. Now, on Saturday night, our Saturday edition of Straight Out of Vegas, we look back at the best of. And we'll take another look at some of the most compelling takes during the week and their analysis that you heard this past week so you can enjoy them again. Here's the best thing about this concept. Each of the best of takes are designed to look ahead to tomorrow's NFL action. So during the week, the guys devote five hours to providing the finest content. On the weekends, we distill it down to the best hour. Of course, I'm going to give my own inflection as well because I live in Las Vegas too. And I've been privy to these gentlemen and their know-how for years. So join us. Every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Yes, we want you along for the ride. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. Now, as I said, the show is designed to preview the NFL slate and kickoff for Sunday's games is less than 12 hours away. But as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, I want to just take a quick dive and just get something off my chest, okay? Because The bowl season has started, and this would have been the perfect weekend for a round-of-eight extravaganza. The five conference champions, Alabama, Clemson, Washington, Oklahoma, and Ohio State, and three at-large teams like Notre Dame, Georgia, and UCF. Now, none of these teams has played a game in two weeks, and they won't for another two weeks. And you can't tell me this weekend wouldn't have been perfect for the round-of-eight extravaganza. So riddle me this. In what sport do you win your conference championship and then you're frozen out of postseason play. Just hold that thought. We're going to get to it later, particularly in my Inside the Frowder House commentary at the bottom of the hour. So just hold that thought for now. By the way, we are going to continue our 10-second feature while you were sleeping with our own Sleepy Jay. See, while you're sleeping, and frankly, you shouldn't be. You should be listening to our show. But the guys have it podcasted right after we sign off anyway. So if you're sleeping, you'll hear it when you wake up. I know you will. See, the staff, though, never sleeps. They work 24-7 here at Straight Out of Vegas. You can find ways to distress your booking and impress your friends. And if you were listening last week, Sleepy J got you two winners. Told you to get on Green Bay. Had a great angle. They crushed. Told you to get on the Saints. They covered as well. So don't miss our While You Were Sleeping vignette. We'll have a couple of those tonight. And again, at the bottom of the hour, I'll take you inside the Frater House from our weekly commentary. And actually, tonight's feature It's an encore rerun of my missive back on November 10th when I made the case for a college football playoff. Like I said, these teams sit around for a month. This would have been a perfect weekend, and there's been a lot more dialogue recently from conference presidents and university chancellors and so on and so forth. I think, you know, the time has come, and we're going to get into that. We need to expand uh, this playoff format instead of this invitation charade that they currently have. All right. Let's get to what you tuned in for. Tomorrow's NFL slate. And we've got a lot of good stuff to get to. And we are going to start in San Francisco where the 49ers are catching three and a half at home against the resurgent Seattle Seahawks. Now, it's hard not to wait your plays. And in, in this cut we're going to hear with RJ and Fezzik. It's hard not to sort of wait your plays. And you naturally are going to like some better than others. But both RJ and Fezzik, they weigh in here on which side they like in this game. They liked it early in the week, and they jumped on it. And in fact, they've been shown to be very prescient as the side they like, well, the value on their pick has diminished as the line has moved the other way. That shows they clearly got the jump. But as RJ takes it a step further in this game, he'll take a deep dive into the visitor in this game, and he shares some factoids about the Seahawks you really need to hear. Let's take a listen. You know, this is one of my favorite plays. I like the
4: 49ers. Fez, you gave this as an early pick this week, right? Yeah, we took the 49ers plus five and a half on Tuesday. Every And what was the line Tuesday? Five and a half. And right now the line is three and a half. So once again, Fez, pronosticating, line moves like nobody I've ever seen. And to me, here's the key in this game. Seattle has been used to year in and year out for a while. They've been used to having games not off, but let's say 80% games. Games where they could come in, play hard, but not with a fever pitch and get the win. This season, there's only been one game Seattle has been favored by more than three and a half points. So in every other game, Seattle, prior to this, Seattle was in a competitive game coming in. The one exception, they were favored by nine over the 49ers two weeks ago. And they blew out the 49ers. So you're thinking, oh, easy win. But if you look at the stats, it was a much closer game than it seems. So what does this all mean? Seattle is in the 99th percentile now to beat the number 5 wild card. So they don't have much to play for either, kind of like the Cowboys. So it's the first game except for one other the whole year that they you could see them taking a breath. And because of that, I think motivation is a real issue for Seattle here. Fez, what do you think?
1: Agreed, and also overconfidence, having just beaten the same team 43-16 two weeks ago. They've beaten they've beat beaten them nine
4: or ten straight. I've seen two different numbers. I'm going to have to dig in, but it's been many, many straight wins for Seattle. And if anything, 49ers uh, probably gives them motivation to get off the snide.
3: So I do like the 49ers. Now, in addition to all of that, Pete Carroll's group, the Seattle Seahawks, where they're coming off a short week for preparation. And as the guy said, they're playing a team they buried just a couple of weeks ago. But buyer beware, the 49ers out-yarded Seattle that day by 130 yards. And in fact, the Seahawks, actually, they've been out-gained in their last three games. Now, I'm telling you this because when a game looks too easy, it usually means you better be careful. You're going to get maximum effort out of the 49ers tomorrow. And they've actually outgained their opponents for their last five weeks. One final thought. The Seahawks play Kansas City next week. And they wouldn't be human if they weren't looking ahead, even just a little bit. All right, let's head to the Big Apple, the New York Giants. Now, this line has really gone wacky. I got it earlier in the week. I got the Titans plus three on Monday at the Westgate. The Giants are now getting a point in home. That line has really swung around. RJ and Fezzik here, they break this down nicely. They give kind of an introspective. RJ ruminates as to the conflicting information that surrounds this game, especially when you factor in the home-road dichotomy that all NFL teams face. But Fezzik is very emphatic when he sheds some light on the fact that the team favored in this contest really doesn't deserve to be. And he backs it up with a very cogent analysis. Now again, this was earlier in the week where the Giants were favored, the line has swung around, but their commentary here is very insightful. Let's have a listen.
4: This is one of those questions of the week, and I'm not sure of the answer yet. Tennessee is 5 and 1 at home, 2 and 5 straight up away. So on one hand you could say, "Man, those splits make me scared. I can't play Tennessee" On the other hand, it's a small sample size. And otherwise, this line being almost three earlier in the week, now it's down to one, Giants. But the Giants are still favored. The idea that Giants are favored over Tennessee, Fez, it only makes sense if Tennessee is so much less of a team on the road. But we only have a handful of games that tell
1: us. What's your gut feeling? I think Tennessee's the right side. And the bottom line is, that who are the Giants to have a big home field advantage? They've always had a below average home field advantage. That is true.
4: And some of that was because Coughlin was such a good road coach. The Giants wore, uh, they certainly wore uh, road warriors. And remember,
3: one of those Super Bowls came as a wild card. And that's why this Saturday night show is so topical. As Fezzik aptly pointed out, why would the Giants be favored? Now they're not. So, the markets have spoken throughout the week. The markets have spoken. Now, the good news for these teams, both these teams, is actually believe it or not, they're both mathema- uh, mathematically alive for the playoffs. But frankly, they're both on the outside looking in. So, let's try to find an angle. The Giants, again, they opened as favorites. They're no longer, they're only two and seven as favorites the week after a double digit win, anyway. And the Titans look to be the more formidable in the stat category as they've won the stat battle in five of their last seven games. Meanwhile, the Giants, they've been out, gained in four of their last five games. One quick thing to note, the Titans were preseason favorites of one and a half points by CG Technology. They opened at plus two and a half, even went to three. Now it's back to minus one. I still feel the value is on Tennessee. And frankly, they're just simply the better team with the better record. I am on Tennessee, but granted, I got them earlier in the week. At plus points. All right, let's stay in the state of New York. Let's head upstate. Buffalo, they're laying two and a half against my beloved Lions. Wink, wink, nod, nod. All right, look, RJ surprises us here by sharing the fact that even though there's a mountain of information on this game that causes him to favor one side, there's one critical component that would really vitiate his willingness to bet that side because Fezzik is very deft here when making the distinction that the Lions can stop the run when it comes to tailoring their defense in certain positions, but not so much in other positions. Follow that, please. You'll hear it. You'll hear where where they go with this. In this area, the Lions are surprisingly effective. This is a solid insight that's not to be ignored if you decide to bet this game. The guys will break it down for you. Listen very closely. Let's have a listen. I tell
4: you, everything in the world got me pointed to the Bills except one thing, and I think this one thing is so big, I might not be playing the Bills. The Lions have given up the least yards to opposing quarterbacks rushing of any team in the NFL. Only 62 yards this season, the running quarterbacks or quarterbacks of the other team rushing on 34 attempts. 34 times they try to run. They get less than two yards a carry. Josh Allen last three games, over 300 yards rushing combined. If Josh Allen can't run effectively, he is a much, much, much less valuable quarterback And there's something about that Lions team,
1: Fez. What do you think? We haven't talked about this Well, this is amazing because the Lions can't stop the run when it comes to running backs, but apparently they focus on stopping the quarterback. And Shady
3: McCoy, very questionable in this game.
1: Yeah, probably going to play, won't be 100% if he does, though.
3: Well, the Lions got their obligatory, meaningless win last week at Arizona, but nobody in Detroit is fooled by this fugazi of a football team. This week... Matt Stafford and company, well, they're going to actually face a top-ranked defense in Buffalo, and they're going to have to put a lid on Josh Allen, the quarterback for Buffalo. He's run for 100 yards in consecutive games. Matter of fact, he's run for almost 500 yards this season, leading all quarterbacks. Now, the Bills really are the much better team here. In the second half of the season, they're out gaining their opponents by an average of 136 yards per game. That's impressive. Now, two stats for you. The Lions are 0-5 against the spread, when coming off a double-digit win. And Buffalo is 8-1 against the spread against non-divisional foes. I think the Bills are a bargain here. Now, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. We are just getting started. We've got to get to some games that are going to feature some historically low totals. we got to get to the Patriots. The Eagles, all kinds of stuff. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, and this is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight
0: Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Right, we're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. And I want to remind you that Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by Discover. Discover card. We treat you like you'd treat you. Up next on the docket, Redskins Jaguars. But first, let's go to our man Sleepy Jay for another while you were sleeping vignette. We want to harken back quickly to the Titans-Giants game. Sleepy, the line has moved a lot, and the value may be gone, but that hasn't dampened your spirits on one side of this game.
4: No, not at all. I actually still like uh, the Titans here. Titans right now, 34% chance to make the playoffs. Win here, Bernie, against New York, and then against Washington, dramatically increases those uh, Titans' odds. Tennessee, I think, here will be max-motivated Giants without Odell Beckham. Money's come in on the Titans. I agree with
3: it, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Tennessee minus to one point. All right, good stuff, Sleepy. You've been hot in these vignettes, and I'm with you on the Titans. All right, let's head to Florida where the Jaguars, they, at one point they were laying eight and a half. It's down to seven and a half. They're hosting the Washington Redskins. Now in this cut... R.J. gives kind of a nice quick history lesson and a perspective on the total in this game. More importantly, R.J. breaks it down as to why the odds makers set the total in this game so low. Meanwhile, Fezzik pulls no punches while he provides the icing on the cake as to the obvious reason the line is where it is. Let's have a listen. We
4: got Vegas history here. This is the lowest total. So over under combined points, Jacksonville, Washington... 36. The last time a total, was you, you can bet, over under 36. Last time a total was that low? 2012. This is the lowest total since 2012, Jacksonville, Washington. And obviously some of it is about Josh Johnson, the quarterback for washington and some of it is that skins o-line is just so banged up by the way when cody kessler is the better quarterback the total should be historically low
1: i'm going to go out on a limb and say these are the two worst starting quarterbacks that i have seen in a decade play an nfl (laughs) game
3: oh snap the mark sanchez experiment has come to a grinding halt just when it was getting so exciting not (laughs) <laughs> Hello, Josh Johnson. Yeah, he started under center for the reeling Redskins. So if you don't think this is an issue, let me remind you the Skins are on 4 straight up and 1-3 and 3 against the number since Alex Smith's terrible injury a few weeks back. But all is not lost. Hold your nose and bet the dog here. I'm serious. Jacksonville is horrible, too, and they have no business laying a touchdown against the Hoboken Zephyrs much less an NFL team Meanwhile the Redskins. They're actually nine and one against the spread as road dogs of more than six points You'll have to hold your nose with a pair of players, but you can do it I actually think Washington is the side here All right, let's head to LA the Rams Wow 13-point favorite against the Eagles well, the disaster season continues for Philadelphia as their prized quarterback is now out for the season, and the injury is one thing, but see, the psychological significance is quite another. In spite of that, R.J. is simply not prepared to lay the wood here as the Rams, their double-digit favorites. Let's take a listen. Two things. one.
4: It's not just Carson Wentz not playing. It's the message being sent by Carson Wentz not playing. And that message is, guys, the season's over. Because did Wentz get any more hurt last week? I haven't really heard that. It's he's been hurt for a while. Now, finally, it's time to sit on the shelf. That's a signal to this team. And also, if you lay the lumber in the NFL, the other team has to have a reason for margin and to me, Goff looking so bad last week, the Rams are going to want to create margin, especially against the Eagles' D-backs that are so banged up. So I'm not going to lay it, but I'm not anxious
3: to take it either. Well, the Rams are 5-0 and off a loss in the Sean McVay era, and they actually averaged 34 points a game in those situations. Now, Dak Prescott threw for 455 yards against Philly last week, so what the heck is Jared Goff going to do? And here's a sad fact for the city of brotherly love. The Eagles defense ranks last in three key categories. Oh, my God, how the world champs have fallen. What are you going to do? Winning a football game, it's like driving a stagecoach. Without the horses, you ain't going forward. By the way, one final note. In the send-off lines from the Westgate preseason back in August, the Rams were only a one-point favorite. So you know who the books are going to need here. If you're feeling saucy, don't be afraid to fire on the dog, okay? Fortune favors the bold, and you know it. I think it's probably a game I'll stay away from. But next, I'm going to give my best bet. But before I do, I want to make sure I give huge props to my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. Give it up to Iowa Sam, Vince Close, and Ralph Irvin. These guys do such a terrific job helping put this show together. Without them, I'd be like Gladys Knight without the pips. If you don't know what that is, then Google it, kids. All right, Pittsburgh. Let's head of the Steel City. This is my best bet of the week. Pat's laying two and a half. Now, in this cut... Brad Powers gives some head-turning stats when it comes to Brady and Belichick coming off a loss. I'm not going to steal their thunder here, but please pay close attention. There's no sure thing in the world in sports betting, but I don't know if you can come any closer than this. Let's give it a listen. Listen, I don't say this often. Brad Powers
4: has one of the best trends of the year.
1: Yeah, and it's quite simple. You got New England coming off a straight-up loss, and in the next game, the Patriots are either an underdog or a small favorite, laying three points or less. In that next game, the Patriots, since 2002, 20-0, 20-0 against the spread. So you could, you wouldn't have lost. You <laughs> wouldn't have lost any time in the last 16 years.
4: It's still not a lot, guys, but boy, when Belichick is off a loss, he's hyper-motivated. When the game is competitive, he's hyper-motivated.
3: You combine the two, a perfect 20-0. and 0. Last week, I gave out the Ravens as my best bet, and I gave out the Colts as my also best bet they both hit. Now, I love the Patriots here. They're my best bet. Let's take a quick peek at their opponent, though. To say Ben Roethlisberger has been pedestrian lately would be an understatement. The Steelers are riding the crest of a three-game losing streak. Meanwhile, the Pats, they're coming off a very unpatriot like loss in Miami as they suffered a series of brain cramps. Now, I'm told the Pats are going to use this defeat against the Dolphins last week as fuel for the rest of the season now look don't get me wrong i'm not gonna call it a good loss i don't believe in the good loss theory a good loss is like a good kidney stone there's no such thing however i do believe the the uh, patriots are really angry here and frankly they are very solid after a loss keep in mind the pats have a very high level of self-awareness here's what i mean by that in their playoff history in the Belichick era, they're 15-6 and six at home with a point differential of plus 193. On the road in the playoffs in the Belichick era, they're only 3-4 and four with a point differential of minus 6. In fact, in the 2018 season, regular season, they're only 3-4 and four on the road. Do you get my drift? The Pats want their playoff games to be in Foxborough for obvious reasons, so they can't afford to lose another game. And again, in the Tom Brady era, on the road in the month of December, against anyone not named Miami, the Patriots are 25-2. And in their last five games versus the Steelers, the Patriots are 5-0, winning by an average score of 34-21. Now, in his career, Brady has owned Pittsburgh, sporting an 11-2 record. He's thrown 30 touchdown passes in those games against only four picks. His QB rating against the Steelers? gaudy 113. In the meantime, Big Ben is only 1-3 in his last four games. Again, he's riding a three-game losing streak, and he's throwing six interceptions in those games. Now, there are a couple of trends here that might cause you to look at Pittsburgh, but I'm not going to even put you on information overload so your head can explode. Simply put, New England is my best bet of the week. All right. Coming up, we've got so much more, including my Inside the Fratto House commentary. But first,
2: let's go to Update Anchor Extraordinaire. Ralph Irvin with the latest. Thank you very much, Bernie. And we start with the NFL, where the Cleveland Browns got it done in the end.
3: On fourth down, Keenum waits, takes the snap. He bobbles it, stumbles. He got hit and he got sacked. He got sacked. Peppers. Peppers got
2: him. He got And they do, 17-16, beating Denver. Cleveland remains alive in the AFC playoff race. Meanwhile, Houston in control of the AFC South. Deshaun Watson, 294 yards in the air, two touchdown passes. The Texans beat the Jets 29 24. Houston's at 10 4 and can clinch the AFC South with Tennessee and Indianapolis losses on Sunday. In the NBA, Oklahoma City handed the Clippers their third straight loss 110 104. Paul George led the way with 33 points. LeBron James Lonzo Ball, each with a triple double. And the Lakers won in Charlotte 128 100. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car so visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience bowl season kicked off on saturday and as we sent it back to vegas the winner of the las vegas bowl was the only ranked team number 21 fresno state they beat arizona state 31 to 20 back to you
3: hey ralph thanks a lot quickly i want to put you both and vince on the spot had there been a playoff, a real playoff, eight teams today, this weekend, a quadruple header or a couple, would you have taken the time to watch it? Or are you okay with this, the format the way it is?
2: I would have taken the time to watch it, but I'm also okay with the format as is. I mean, the NCAA doesn't want a playoff. Yeah. ESPN wants a made-for-TV playoff. They got it. There you go.
3: Vince, how do you feel about what I just asked?
1: I'd be open to watching it. I think it'd be exciting to have it as opposed to what the games were this weekend.
3: I certainly agree with that. All right, good answers, guys. Now, look, tonight's feature, it's actually an encore rerun of my missing back on November 10th when I made the case for a college football playoff. Now, it's been two weeks since any of the top eight teams have played a game. and It'll be at least two more weeks until any of them play again. That's a full month, my friends. Frankly speaking, isn't it time to up the ante? Let's have a listen. All I want for Christmas is a college football playoff system. So next month, I'm headed to the mall to stock Santa Claus. He's going to get an earful. Now, don't tell me what we have now is a real college football playoff system. This current format has all the credibility of a dermatologist with acne. This is nothing more than an orchestrated charade. For starters, there are five power conferences and only four playoff spots. Why? What's the thinking? That's like a birthday party with no cake. Meanwhile, the selection process is capricious. It's arbitrary. It's a man crush on the SEC. Bama doesn't make the SEC championship game. No problem. They're in. Penn State beats Ohio State. The Buckeyes fail to make it to the Big Ten championship game. Not to worry. They're in anyway. So why bother deciding these things on the field? Heck, Boise State would never beat Oklahoma or Oregon twice, and UCF would never beat Auburn. Wait, what? See, now I could go on. But if I had my own playoff system, and don't push me, I might start one someday. Here's what I'd do. My solution would extend the entire tournament exactly one additional weekend. That's it. I don't want to hear any more about students and finals. People always think that if you added another playoff layer, it would extend the season into mid-January. It wouldn't have to. Here's why. Haven't you noticed when we get to December, the games grind to a halt and we wait and we wait, and we wait some more, we keep waiting. Shut up, you're not done waiting. And then oh, the bowl season starts. Yeah, man, can't wait for that Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl. It's only 46 days away. Well, how about we interject some common sense and use those empty weeks in December to begin my Bernie Frado playoff system format? So for starters, the top five should be formatted and slotted. That is to say, if you advance to your conference championship game and win it, i.e. Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, and SEC you're in no questions asked in the current format one of the power five teams is out regardless of their worthiness What if someday there are five undefeated teams one from each power five conference? One would have to stay home under the current format as judge smells would say you'll get nothing in like it Here's where it gets better. I would also invite three at-large teams based on their body of work see this opens the door for the erstwhile Boise states the UCFs, whatever it also keeps the door open for a Power 5 team who might find themselves on the outside looking in due to an outlier technicality. Now, at mid-December, the first round would begin based on seedings. Eight would play one, seven would play two. Well, you get the picture. Play a quadruple-header extravagance on a Saturday. America would be glued to the TV. After the opening round, now you'd have a true Final Four. And you can resume again on New Year's Day with a semi-final double-header followed by the championship game 10 days later just like you do now. So was that so hard... And I realize that college football gods, well they don't want to do anything to diminish the regular season. They want those September games to be meaningful. But that's practicing psychology without a license. It's against the law, by the way. What are they worried about? People will stop watching on TV? Yeah, right. Frankly, it's an opportunity for many more viewers thanks to the inevitable massive betting angles handles. My idea would work and it would eliminate the Michigas I talked about at the top of the hour. Well, but of course, as Dennis Miller might say. It's just my opinion. I could be wrong. All right, someday, folks, we'll see. We've come a long way since the BCS 20 years ago. So we just have to be patient. By the way, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. So go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. That's A-U-T-O. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Back to the NFL, let's head to Atlanta. Falcons laying 10 against the hapless Cardinals. And in this cut, R.J. gives Fez a credit here for a heads up on a certain player that many folks might have overlooked because he doesn't have a household name. And R.J. adds to the mix by pointing out a certain insight the Cardinals coach might have in this matchup, given their past history. Let's take a listen. You know, Fez,
4: you really turned me on to this one. There's a if you actually look at Arizona, their wide receiver Kirk. Now, listen, if you're a fantasy player, if you're looking at every you know, every third receiver, you're gonna say, Yeah, I've heard of Kirk, but not a big brand
1: name. But so important, his absence. Yeah, he's getting almost 14 yards per pass down the field. And Rosen is struggling. So without that game breaker. He's out for the season. Yeah, so now uh, one stat sums it up. Um, David Johnson, eight passes he caught last week. 12 yards, RJ. On eight passes. One other tip in this
4: one. Wilkes, head coach for Arizona, was the defensive coordinator for Carolina last year. They held the Falcons to 17 points and 22 points. So schematically, it looks like Wilkes has a good feel of this Falcons
3: offense. Well, the Falcons are laying a huge number here. And frankly, they're 0-6 against the number versus non-division foes. And there's a lot of wood to give the visitor. My recommendation, find another game to invest your hard-earned money. But if you must... I can only make a case for the Cardinals here. Now, for some reason, in the last six years, Arizona is 5-1 against the spread in their final road game of the season. But good luck. You're going to need it. Now, before I get to Raiders-Bengals, let's go to our man Sleepy J because he's got another while you were sleeping vignette having to do with the total on this Cardinal-Falcons game. Take it away, Sleepy.
4: Yeah, I like the under in this one, Bernie. 44 points. Cardinals averages 13 points per game. Last five games for Atlanta, Bernie. They haven't scored more than 21 points. And guess what? Neither has Arizona. Both offenses right now really struggling to score. This is one of my better bets. Arizona-Atlanta under the
3: 44-point. Got to believe it's a fade on Josh Rosen. He's been horrible. By the way, great news, folks. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. On to Cincinnati. That's what Bill Belichick said once. Bengals land three against the Raiders. Now, in this cut, RJ reflects on the quarterback situation in cincinnati and the fall off that happens when andy dalton isn't there now while his backup jeff driscoll might have left a reasonable first impression when you actually unpack his actual numbers it reveals a real lack of offensive firepower and in this man's nfl that is an issue let's give it a listen i'm not a big fan of andy dalton but
4: boy this driscoll if you look at his stats Your first thought is, huh, maybe he's not so bad. But if you dig a little deeper, so 64 pass attempts, 53 completions. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? But only 406 yards in those two games. And in those two games, three offensive touchdowns. That's it in two games. So you got a dink and dunk Cincinnati team,
3: which in the NFL, it's hard to win, just Dumping the ball off. All right, now I know it's fashionable to make fun of the Raiders, but I don't do that on this show. I have a policy. I don't make fun of the Raiders. (laughs) But that doesn't mean I'm backing them here. Remember, it's December. It's time for the Marvin Lewis full run to the riches so they can finish strong while no one cares. Don't poo poo this. The Marvin Lewis contract extension drive is a real thing. Lewis is 8-1 and one in his last nine December contests and 14-7, and seven, lifetime in December. Now, I know Cincinnati's defense is brutal, but Oakland's ranks 27th. So there, bet the home team here I think the Bengals are going to cover. All right, up next we've got Cowboys, Colts, Bears, Packers, and a whole lot more. I'm Bernie Frado coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Outta Vegas.
0: Straight out of Vegas!
3: Be sure to catch live
0: editions of Straight Outta Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: We're back on Straight Outta Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, and we're going to keep it moving. We'll head to Indianapolis where the Colts are laying three against the Cowboys in a very popular game this week. Now, Brad Powers in this cut talks about the new coaching change for the Colts, and Fezzik talks about the importance of this game to both teams, but how one team might want it more. Meanwhile, RJ points out where the respected money has landed on this game. Let's give it a listen. Brad Power
4: stepping into the NFL, you got a interesting tidbit.
1: Yeah, so Indianapolis has a new head coach. Frank Reich coached at Philadelphia last year. Very familiar with the NFC East teams. We've already seen it come to fruition already this season. Indy 2-0 against the spread against the NFC East. Obviously, Cowboys playing the NFC East. And Indy needs the game so much more. Indianapolis is only 33% right now to make the playoffs. Dallas is 99% to, make the, to win the division.
4: And not only win the division, but the Cowboys are slotted fourth in pretty much every scenario. Uh, so not that they don't want to win, but, boy, when you have that win in overtime last week that kind of clinches your spot, if you're going to ever take a breath, you might think this is the time, and the Colts have got a lot of sharp money so far this week over
3: the Cowboys up to a three-point favorite now. The Colts' stock continues to rise. What if I told you they had the second-best point differential in the league, second only to the New Orleans Saints? Meanwhile, the Cowboys, they head into Indianapolis as the owners of five straight covers. Now, I said last week the Colts were one of my best bets. You saw what they did in Houston. Well, I think they complete... To Texas two-step at home this week against the Cowboys. Somebody better start recognizing this indie defense. They have the best sack differential in the league, which means they're going to get after Dak Prescott, and at the same time, they'll protect Andrew Luck and they'll keep him upright. The Colts might be for real. They're only one of three teams in the NFL to rank in the top 10 in both offense and defense. Final note, Andrew Luck is a sparkling 14-3 against the spread in his career at home when hosting a team with a better record. Right, let's head to Chicago, another popular game. Bears laying five against the Packers, and in his cut, RJ notes that injuries really dominate the narrative here as both teams are facing real challenges to key positions. Fezzik weighs in by reminding us that an injury might not prevent a key individual from playing, but it could certainly put a damper on his effectiveness, creating real problems for the overall game plan. Let's have a listen.
4: Another injury situation. So sometimes it's the team is so banged up at a certain position group. Other times they're kind of banged up, but it's the strength of the other team. Bears, Khalil Mack, what's their strength? Rush, pressure on the quarterback. Well, the Packers O-line is banged up. So to me, it's not one of those, oh, my God, the Packers O-line is so banged up but it's pretty pinged up and against the Bears, very dangerous for the
1: Packers and Aaron Rodgers' health. I agree with that, and is going to play, but I don't think he's close to 100% for the Packers.
3: All right, this game is really a referendum on two teams going in different directions. Two franchise juxtaposed at a junction in history. Think about it. This is only the second time the Bears have been favored over the Packers in 10 years. And in one of those games, Aaron Rodgers didn't even start at quarterback. I think Brett Hundley did. We're living in Green Bay, Bizarro World. The Pack, they're 0-6 on the road this season. Away from Lambeau Field, they only average 30 points per game. Now, they ranked 21st in that area. And their only third, and excuse me, their third down conversion rate on the road is only 32 percent. That ranks 27th. But in his career, Aaron Rodgers is a sparkling 17 and four straight up, and 15 and six against the spread versus the Bears. And in those games, he's thrown for 45 touchdowns against only 11 interceptions. Finally, another motif for the week. Prior to the season, the Bears were one point dogs in this game for the Westgate preseason sendoff lines. I shouldn't have to tell you where the value is in this contest. All right, Minnesota laying 7.5 against Miami. And in this cut, you're going to hear a very revealing analysis of the Miami Dolphins. While RJ gives them recognition for their miraculous win last week against the Patriots, and he even credits their overall record, when you analyze the Dolphins from the viewpoint of a professional better, there are some very real chinks in the armor that should cause you to be very skeptical of their actual prowess. Let's have a listen. Dolphins. Miracle win last week,
4: winning record, but they have been outgained in seven straight games. Seven straight times the opponent has more yards than the Miami Dolphins. Now, I get it. Sometimes you win games without having as many yards. You don't usually win seven straight. It's a sign of a team that's been very fortunate when it comes to the wins and losses. That means
3: Miami overrated. All right, in spite of their mediocrity, the Vikings are still in the driver's seat for a wild card berth. But let's be honest here, the legend of Kirk Cousins continues. He's 0-4 against the spread in his last four versus winning teams. P. S. The Dolphins have a winning record. Now just for posterity, I just want you to listen for a minute to the Kirk Cousins resume. Cousins is 5 and 13 in primetime games. He's 0 and 7 on Monday Night Football He's 12 and 22 on the road and that I mentioned in his career. He's only 4 and 24 Versus teams who finish above 500 Suffice it to say he's not exactly big game Kirk and this is a huge game for Minnesota in spite of all that You kind of have to back the Vikings here and, yes, I know they fired their offensive coordinator last week, but in this spot play, Mike Zimmer has been banged. Coming off a loss and heading home to face a non-divisional opponent, he's 14-3 against the spread. Couple that with the fact that Dolphins are 1-9 and against the spread following the New England game, and the reality is that the Dolphins have been out-yarded in 11 of their last 13 games this season. I think you have the makings of a nice win for the Vikings. Finally, one last thing. Not for nothing, the Vikings are actually 16 and 6 against the spread at home in their last 22 games, and they're only allowing 19 points per game on the road. One last quick hitter: I think the Ravens will ground and pound the Buccaneers into mincemeat, but that's a conversation for a different day. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto, but don't you go anywhere. Up next, a man who is so cool. Mosquitoes refuse to bite him out of respect. It's my man, Jonas Knox.
0: Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game.